Welcome back to episode 37 of the Nourish Your Potential podcast. In today's bite-sized episode, we are talking all things blood doping. As a sports dietitian, we have a lot of extra education around drug-free sport, the use of safe supplements, and ensuring athletes stay well-educated and drug-free. Blood doping is defined by the World Anti-Doping Agency as any form of intravascular manipulation of the blood or blood components by physical or chemical means. This includes transfusion, erythropoietin and its derivatives. The use of erythropoietin, otherwise known as EPO, is one of the most well-known methods of blood doping. EPO is actually naturally secreted by our kidneys and to a much lesser extent our liver. It goes to our bone marrow and stimulates erythrocyte production, otherwise known as our red blood cells. The body is very clever in making enough red blood cells to match any ongoing losses. However, there are certain situations where we see an increase in this, including specific health conditions such as insufficient pumping of blood by the heart, anemia, or more relevant to sport, is prolonged training and exposure to high altitudes, hence why athletes go and do altitude training. As a result, the body increases EPO secretion, there is an increase in red blood cell production, and ultimately an increase in the oxygen carrying capacity of the blood, which is an advantage, especially in endurance athletes. Testosterone enhances EPO as well, hence why men typically have higher red blood cell counts compared to women. EPO, or its derivatives, are actually used in the medical setting. Because EPO is made by our kidneys, anyone with kidney disease is at risk of anemia because they aren't getting enough red blood cell production due to the lack of EPO. So with that being said, it probably helps you understand why artificially adding in more EPO to the body has an athletic advantage. More EPO means more red blood cell production and if you have more red blood cells as an endurance athlete you can more effectively get oxygen around the body which gives you an advantage. The other method of blood doping is blood transfusion and this is basically basically where half to one liter of blood is taken from the body. It's stored for a few weeks and in that time the body tries to make more red blood cells because it's lost a whole lot. And then it gets them back up to a normal range, but then those stored red blood cells are injected back into the body. And obviously there's then a lot of red blood cells. The incidence of blood doping among athletes is mostly unknown because athletes go to great lengths to obviously conceal this. But one study estimated the prevalence could be as high as 25% in endurance athletes. Aside from pretty serious health risks such as having a stroke or a heart attack, doping carries massive consequences that are ultimately career-ending due to suspension or being banned from competition. And even if you do end up returning to sport, you'll have a fairly damaged reputation. One of the most famous cases of blood doping is Lance Armstrong, and he was found to have been doping since around 1999, and was stripped of his seven Tour de France titles in 2012. His methods included EPO, EPO derivatives, blood transfusions, and the use of anabolic steroids. 
Aside from staying well away from banned substances, when it comes to keeping safe as an athlete, always be cautious of anything you're putting into your body. There are so many supplements out there and many can be contaminated with banned substances. Even that random protein powder you got a discount code for off Instagram. No supplement is 100% risk-free. Obviously, there are brands that are quite rigorous with batch testing and have really good safety measures, and they might have the Informed Sport logo, but it still does not make it 100% risk-free. So it's really important to weigh up the benefit of a supplement versus the risk, and speak to a sports dietitian before taking anything, even a medical treatment. And a great example of this is prescribed iron medication is not prohibited, so it's safe, but... Having more than 100 mils of an iron infusion in a 12-hour period is actually a prohibited method. So you can never be too careful if you're an elite or high-level athlete. If you are wanting to check what you are taking, I would suggest looking at the Global Dry website, the Drug-Free Sport NZ website, or the We Test You Trust website. All links are included in the podcast description. I hope you enjoyed this bite-sized episode on blood doping and EPO. My hope for the future is that science improves to better detect doping and more rigorous testing is done so that all athletes competing are on an even playing field. Unfortunately, when there is big prize money involved in high-level competition and the sport is your main source of income, people go to very extreme and desperate measures to win.